students can、uh, learn the new grammar and vocabulary expressions and culture in class, and then they can have a chance to go outside and explore you know, what they've learned. And then they are very excited, happy to practice what they've learned from the class. You're listening to Speaking of Language, a podcast recorded at the Language Resource Center at Cornell University. I'm Dan Gable, Technology Manager for the LRC. Each week, we explore a topic related to language pedagogy and second language acquisition. In this episode, I sit down with Mi Jong Song, Senior Lecturer and Coordinator for the Korean Language Program. We talk about the wide set of teaching tools that she utilizes for her classes. From facilitating teacher-student interaction via web-based audio to coordinating travel abroad programs in which students are learning Korean while immersed in the rich culture of South Korea. Hi, Mijan. Welcome. <laughs> Hi, Dan. <laughs>、um, today、uh, we're going to talk about a number of topics, but、um, before we get started, I wanted to、uh, introduce you. You are the、uh, Korean. Uh, senior lecturer, you teach a,、mm-hmm. a range of courses from elementary to、yes. advanced. Is that true? Yes.、Uh, can、uh. you tell me a little bit about the about the Korean program? Okay, then we have six courses in the Korean language program,、um, and we have、uh, separate tracks for non-heritage and heritage students up to the second year, and then the third year and fourth year is the mixed class with non-heritage and heritage students together. I see. So heritage, tell me about that. What a heritage class is? Yeah, heritage classes students, um, uh, their parents are、uh, Korean, and they speak Korean at home, but the, for the elementary level heritage students, they can. Speak, but they cannot.、Um, they didn't have a formal uh, learning um, uh, history, so a learning background. So they don't have a, like a good knowledge about reading and writing. So、um, the, we are focusing on、uh, making their、um, speaking and listening skills compared to the reading and writing skills. They they should be balanced. I see. Yeah. So,、um, but you know, for the in- intermediate level students, they have a basic knowledge of writing, but they need to be、uh, able to express their opinion in academic way、uh, mm. to reach the advanced level. So we are focusing on more、um, reading. Variety of readings and then variety of media's that they can、um, use in class and then express themselves in academically. I see.、Yeah. And then is that, are those two separate tracks completely? Yes. yes. I see. Yes, different、good. classes. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Very yeah. cool. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Well, you know,、uh, you. I, I, I was excited to have you here for one for many reasons, but one is that、uh, you were very helpful for me. I've sp- spoken. A lot on this podcast about my experience learning Korean. It's、mm-hmm. uh, I've sort of used it as a way to talk with、um, with Dick, the director of、mm-hmm. the center, about、um, various issues in pedagogy and、um, uh, issues like、uh, you know intercultural competence and、uh, error correction, other things.、Mm-hmm. And、um, uh, you were very helpful for me getting started because you introduced me to the、um, Korean Sunday School,、yes. to the Korean Church. Yes. <laughs>、uh, wonderful program、mm. um, where you know lots of little Korean children. Yeah,、around. right. You're、uh, you're the only adult who、right. are learning Korean there. Of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and、um, it was、uh, it was a very unique and interesting experience.、Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing that for me. Oh, it's my、um, pleasure. Yeah. I、uh, I found it very interesting. For one,、um, like one topic I spoke with about.、Um, With Dick, well, two things. One, error correction—the idea of how important it is to be 
um, corrected or mm-hmm. um, how difficult it is to accept criticism when you're trying to learn a language and you're, you know, you say something wrong and then somebody stops you and says, oh, mm-hmm. hold um, and I found it interesting that being with, you know, I was with a younger student, uh, Jean, she was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was, you know, this adult and she was a student and I think there was something where she may have been a little less likely to want to, you know, be tough with me and, you know, sort yeah. of, you know, no, that's not right. <laughs> um, and, uh, but it, so it's interesting for me to think about that and to think about how there's really a difference between, um, being an adult language mm-hmm. learner and a student mm-hmm. learner. Um, but one thing is, is very, there, there's definitely a cross-section, and that is the importance of conversation. Um, the fact that I could sit with her and just struggle through um, trying to ask a question or, you know, a, a big topic for us was food mm-hmm. um, because I love food and, um, and I wanted to be able to order whatever I wanted to order when we were in Korea. And, um, and that worked pretty well. But it, at the end of it, I really was mostly only uh, feeling confident when I was in a restaurant, <laughs> which oh, wasn't exactly the mm-hmm. ultimate goal. But, um, but conversation, being able to have a native language um, between, between uh, or be able to have extended conversation between native speakers and non-native mm-hmm. speakers seems to be um, very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And do you find that to be true in your experience? Yes. Um, well, I, um, let's go back to the like uh, error correction first. Sure. Okay. So um, I think that you no know, age doesn't matter. You know. Mm-hmm. So you know you are talking about the adult learners versus the student learners. But I think that you know, it depends on the like uh, proficiency level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know for the elementary level, then more feedback will be better because you know uh, if if we don't give the feedback right away, then they're going to have a wrong input and then they're going to, it will be like a fossilized, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we'd like to prevent that. So for the elementary level, we try to give more error corrections to students. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, if they advance to the like next level, intermediate and higher, then, you know, if, if we, if their error doesn't affect too much, Okay, mm-hmm. in conveying the message, then you know, we don't you know stop them, and then let them speak more because our goal for the intermediate and higher students to speak, um, uh, to be uh, fluent in narr- narrating things. So you know, I don't, we don't want to stop every time, <laughs> right, and then sure. discourage them to speak more. So yeah. you know, that that is the kind of you know we are thinking to improve their errors, but definitely that we we'd like to give a lot of error corrections, but still for the like, uh, higher levels, then we don't give, you know, every detail. That makes sense. Yeah. You can see how it might interrupt the flow mm-hmm. of a conversation yes. or, or thought process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, uh, the, now there's the conversation hours that uh, we host here at the Language Center here at yes. Simpson Hall. Um, and there is a there is a, a Korean conversation hour. I see the mm-hmm. poster for it all the time. I, yes. I always want to sneak in. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes they're eating uh, yummy food and uh, they're you know having fun playing games and so on. Um, has, has that been um, helpful for students, you think, having the conversation hours? Yeah. The first time that when we uh, opened up the Korean conversation hours, then we were hoping that we gather a lot of Korean, I mean, learning students 
um, to have a um, good chance to speak with a native speaker right. and about the Korean culture, sure. which are not touched in the um, covered in the Korean class. So I think it will be like a broaden their um, knowledge and experience with the Korean culture in a very intimate environment. But you know, the, we, as we all know, the Korean students are really busy. Oh, yes. Yeah. So even if it is only one hour um, a week, then uh, only a few students um, attending. Um, Korean conversation hour uh, regularly, so it's right. grateful. But you know, th- those students are f- start f- um, start from the first day. They attend uh, every week, mm. but we don't have new students. <laughs> I see. Yeah, but you know, still, the student who is um, organizing this every uh, every week me- me- meeting, um, she is um, preparing uh, very good um, resources. Okay, and then give a lot of you know good information about Korean culture, and yesterday um, she um, was the okay, having um, ramen cup uh, cup uh-huh. cup ramen uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> ramen bowl uh-huh. <laughs> while they are eating uh-huh. ramen bowl <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they're talking about the kinship terms in Korean yeah so I we see. have a very developed system of kinship terms depending sure. on the gender and then father's side and mother's side and uh-huh. older and younger and you know, very complicated kinship terms I but see. you know they could you know have a chance to talk about and learn about the Korean kinship terms too and then we also have um, uh, karaoke oh, yeah. night. You know, we purchased a new norebang uh, machine, mm-hmm. karaoke machine this mm-hmm. semester. So you know, I was hoping that you know many students can come last week, but you know students were so busy, yeah, so only a few yeah showed up. But still, we had a good time. Then we are uh, going to have another one next week. So hoping oh. that you know more students can come. Yeah. Well, hopefully yeah. we can help advertise it uh, even with this podcast. Yeah. Uh, is it open to anybody who wants to try, even, yeah. even very beginners? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, so I wouldn't get kicked out you, if I were to pop in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The last semester for the elementary Korean, the very beginning course, mm. then um, one of the homeworks um, are the um, students should um, dub the Korean song. Oh. Uh, because I thought that it was uh, like a... Um, fun way or fun and you know uh, motivating way for students to practice um, letter and sound coordination practice yeah because I introduced Korean writing system Uh and then you know even if they understand what it is but um, if they don't practice a lot they cannot recognize the syllable very quickly. So, you know, I thought that it would be a good idea for them to read the lyrics and then listen and practice and record their voice along the music. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, but if it is like a long one whole song, then it will be too much challenging for them. Yeah. So I asked them only the first verse or the chorus part, you know, only on your part, at least the four lines. Uh-huh. So they had to do... Um, about eight songs uh, throughout the whole semester. Oh, and then they all cool. enjoy it. That's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, um, I'm a musician. And mm. uh, so I know that I've mentioned it on the podcast, but the reason why uh, uh, I studied Korean was because of my, uh, I adopted a child from South Korea, my, my son mm-hmm. Kai. Yeah. Um, he's so adorable. He's doing great. <laughs> um, and uh, he's, uh, 
one of the things that I did, and this was really more in an attempt to bond with him, and it turned into a little bit of a, I mean, a real language exercise for me, mm-hmm. was um, I had this idea of learning a children's song, a Korean children's song, oh, uh, yeah. play the guitar and mm-hmm. sing, and send him a video of me mm-hmm. doing that in, in his language and mm-hmm. see how that works. So I learned uh, Nabia. Ah, and, uh, like Nabia, that. Yeah. Nabia. <laughs> And, uh, and, uh-huh, <laughs> yep. and, and I still have it burned in my brain mm-hmm. and I sometimes sing it to him still and it always, you know, I could see his mm-hmm. eyes, you know, light up. And, That's um, great. But I thought that would be a really interesting, I, I thought that might be even an interesting project to work on with somebody, which would be to, um, to take a few children's songs mm-hmm. and use that for me to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, even just like, as you say, the being able to uh, recognize and, and pronounce syllables mm-hmm. and so on. Yes. Um, one of the problems, of course, is that all the recordings of songs like that, sometimes they're like, you know, cutesy little cartoon <laughs> characters yeah. or, or a child who's sort of, uh, you know, not really uh, enunciating correctly. But, uh, but I thought it was a really fun way to do it. Music is a great way to learn. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, the... I recall that when I was learning Japanese a long time ago, oh. about more than 10 years ago, <laughs> and then I used um, music and also drama, and then they oh. helped a lot. You know, so if I find a song that I really like, and then I, even if you know, my level is not that high, mm. but I still try to understand the lyrics, what that means. Mm -hmm. And then I try to ask my Japanese teacher then the structures or the words that I didn't understand. And if I got instruction from the teacher, then I realized that this, oh, that means the what. And then I was really, you know, happy with joy, you know. So that made, motivated me to learn more Japanese, you know, and then want to learn more Japanese Mm -hmm. and the culture too. So, you know, I think that's the movie and drama is really good, you know, source yeah. for them to do. And then I know that my Korean uh, learning students are much better than me. You know, uh. they know more <laughs> about K-pop uh, and yeah. the singers and sure. the songs. And then they all, you know, even if they don't understand the meaning, they can still, you know, sing along. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we have a like a big event um, each semester. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall semester, we have a karaoke contest. So, Norebang contest. So, only the students who are taking Korean classes can enter the contest. We have an audition. (laughs) And then, you know, a lot of students are actually, you know, applying for the audition. And Uh then, you know, they present in the uh, show. So, you know, it's really nice for motivating to learn more. Yeah, that motivation's got to be so important. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And to have the competition aspect of it is pretty neat. Yes. (laughs) So the whole cultural element Mm. to learning language has got Mm -hmm. to be um, so important. Dick and I spoke about uh, intercultural competence, Mm -hmm. the idea that uh, it helps to be kind of prepared to go into another culture and, and know some aspects of, of mm-hmm. how to interact and how to feel comfortable and mm-hmm. uh, and so on. And actually, for me, that ended up being a little bit of a problem. I didn't feel quite um, prepared. You know, I, I was really scared to speak when I was in Korea, <laughs> and I just I felt like everybody was looking at me. I mean, part of the, the, the issue is for me is that uh, those who know me, I'm very tall. I've got a <laughs> big beard. I'm a very distinctive-looking, yeah. not your typical Korean. Yeah. So I... Um, <laughs> I, I really, I think I stood out, but um, but that aside, I think if I had really, you know, maybe if I had sat down with you and asked you some specific questions about, mm-hmm. you know, 
well, in this kind of setting, you know, what's appropriate for me to, mm-hmm. to say or, you know, mm-hmm. different, I don't know, different, different aspects of the culture might have been helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, or certainly learning the language in Korea mm-hmm. while I was there in a maybe a more relaxed setting might have been better. Mm-hmm. And you actually do have a summer program where students go to, you take students to Korea. Can you mm-hmm. tell me about that? I bet that's very helpful. Yeah, um, I teach um, Korean, uh, intermediate Korean in Korean university during the summer. And then I bring... Uh, um, a few Korean um, Korean learning students from Cornell mm. to there, and um, stu- uh, I think that it's really benefit for students to learn the language while they are in that country. Yeah, yeah. So students can uh, learn the new grammar and vocabulary expressions and culture in class, and then they can have a chance to go outside and explore mm-hmm. you know, what they've learned, and then they are very excited. And when they return to the next day class, and then they were talking about their experiences, what they had, and you know, what they um, thought that it was, uh, uh, it was difficult for them, and mm-hmm. then they bring some new uh, new things to me, and then ask me what that means, and then yeah. in what is appropriate, and sure. so yeah. So I think that that is a very natural learning is occurring and happening. Mm-hmm. You know, if they are doing that, and then they're very happy to um, practice what they've learned from the class. So I think then it's a very good uh, for them to have a chance to learn the language in their country. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that it, it will be at least one year of um, language learning, formal language learning um, after then. Yeah, yeah I think that that will be. Yeah. yeah, I see. Yeah, because you know, if you don't know anything and then just a learning, then you can, you know, grasp only a few. Yeah. But, you know, if you already know the basic um, foundation and then you can explore and you can expand your boundary of the the, the language using your language. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. And so this is obviously a huge cultural learning experience for mm-hmm. the students. Do they, um, do you let them learn and, exp- and, and experience on their own and then let them come to you with questions or do you prepare mm-hmm. them at all in terms of cultural issues or well, like that. yeah, I think that they're they don't have any like a cultural shock. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when they're there, um, uh-huh. then they're enjoying the like a young generation culture. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they bring you know to yeah. class and before class, and we have a little small chat. And then what what right. did you do yesterday? Yeah. And then they talk about you know That's their nice. yeah their experiences, and then it's a very natural way to. You know, let them improve. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Another topic I just wanted to make sure we touched on uh, was you you had a project a few years ago Mm -hmm. where um, you recorded in the studio. This was when the Language Center was at Noise Lodge. Um, But you had students recording their voice. Um, I think it was, it might have been particle issue there were probably several topics one of the things i remember is uh the, mm. because i was learning at the time i was I used, <laughs> used it as a tool for myself yeah. um talking about you know korean particles and that sy- structure that system um so can you tell me about what you did it was on soundcloud you had recorded yes. it here we, we um divided it up into small files and then you made it accessible to students that way did you use that for a course yes i do um uh, I created the mobile-based um, listening aid <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for the elementary Korean students. Um, th- we are using the textbook, and but the 
the textbook uh, background is not Cornell, and then mm-hmm. or the the like uh, the background in, in near their life. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so I wanted them feel like more like you know in real setting. So I wrote a script um, uh, using the new grammar points for each um, chapter. So each chapter has five or six grammar points. So depending on them, I um, created the first part is the brief explanation about the grammar point. And the second part is a drill because Korean is uh, like verb conjugate and mm-hmm. it's regular and irregular. And so you know, it's complicated. Yeah. So, but you know, we cannot do drill parts in class all the time because it takes a lot of time. So I wanted them to practice outside of the class. So this is a very good tool for them to practice the real part and the third part is the model conversation because in everyday daily um, activities students um, I think that if, if we can give them a good feedback and good input then they can um, produce better so this is a kind of a model conversation using the grammar point and combine with the old grammar points together and then make expand their um, their language so um, they can listen and then fourth part is the uh, speaking part so I ask some questions a list of questions and then they can answer depending on their situation I see. Yeah, so for each grammar point has a four parts and then every uh, chapter has five or six grammar points like that ah, I yeah. see. And so you put it on SoundCloud in a way where students could either just go right to, basically just go to a website and play it. Um, I also found that because the w- of the way SoundCloud works, it's also a podcast mm-hmm. hosting kind yes. of environment. Um, you could actually subscribe to the feed mm-hmm. and then listen to it, you know, with your other podcasts, you know, while I, like I was at the gym and I was listening to yeah. you, know, you and your students talking about, mm-hmm. um, about these things. Um, and so I, I wondered uh, when you would assign these these files mm-hmm. uh, would they would it would you just associate it with a particular lesson and say you know listen to this 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 and this or could they like go move ahead how did that sort of work the the consumption of that of mm-hmm. that audio okay so for the first year it was free uh-huh. so there was no assignment for the recommendation I so see. please listen to this as ma- as many as you can uh-huh. but you know busy students don't do that mm-hmm. and but um, I think it is a really good tool for the students who were absent from class mm. and also who are studying by themselves you know it's really and reviewing yeah. you know what they've learned it's a really good tool right. but still um I couldn't let them listen uh, as m- as much as I was in- intended to. So um, this year, <laughs> I assigned a homework assignment. Ah, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then think uh, the listen to one of the model conversations of model conversations of the, each chapter. I see. While we are doing the that chapter, okay, ah, and okay. then uh, there's no script available. Huh. Okay, so they have to listen a lot see, yeah. to write down the script. Nice. Okay, and then they were part um, paired with a partner because it's a conversation between um, girl and a uh, boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know it's uh, like a pair up, and then uh, they have to record what they write. 
I see. Okay, oh. so and then they have to post it on the Blackboard discussion. Oh, I see. So, did you? Uh, how would they? Re- could you just record it in any way that they know mm-hmm. how, and then you know, just on their computer or their phone, and then yeah. just upload it. Yeah, upload the oh, I file. I um, let them know how to upload the file, mm-hmm. and then how to post uh, their script there together. Wow! Yeah, it's been working great. Oh, that's you know, really And then cool. each for each chapter, I change the different partner so that. The students can have a different partner for each chapter, because oh. eight or nine, you know, yeah, different yeah. pairs. You nice. Know. It's, yeah, that's it's really nice. interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I like the idea. Of, I mean, you mentioned that students are so busy and mm-hmm. it's hard for them to find time to do these things. But when you put it, when you make that material available mm-hmm. like that, where you can listen to it online, or as I say, from a podcast, like mm-hmm. I can be at the gym and, and practice <laughs> or listen, yeah. maybe not record, but I can certainly listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of get to take advantage of my time or the student's time mm-hmm. outside of yeah. class. And it's hard to have an excuse, to not, you know, because mm-hmm. they could walk to class and they could listen. Right. So, you know, I always ask them to listen while you're doing exercise or walking yeah. or having lunch, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> you can do that like and you're listening to music. Absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, it. Um, I remember that when I was learning Japanese, I used wall a lot. I downloaded the wall sounds and then uh, while I was walking um, to classes, or working on the campus, I just listen to and then repeat and repeat. And then they um, gave me like to produce better. So, you know, I thought that it would be very good for my students too. So that's why that I created that mobile-based listening aid. Yeah, that's great. It's like a whole different mode entirely, it seems. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of a little more passive, but... Maybe getting into your brain. You yeah, know, right. You don't need to pay attention to every time, but you know you can just right. still you know listen and yeah. have a good input, and then you know kind of brainwash it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brainwash the students yeah. <laughs> with the we'll Korean. Yeah, <laughs> right. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, the, your work is uh, is very uh, interesting and exciting, and oh, uh, thank you. It's uh, it's been really cool talking to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to thank you very much for coming here and and being on the podcast and um, so thank you yeah thanks for having me the language resource center is located on the ground floor of stimson hall on cornell's main campus in ithaca new york check us out on the web at lrc.cornell.edu or look for cornell lrc on facebook and twitter Speaking of Language is produced by Sam Lupwitz and Dan Gable. Recorded by Sam Lupwitz. Original music by Sam Lupwitz, Dan Gable, and Joe Gibson. <laughs>